three. Check one, two, three. Okay. Well, friends, this morning I would like to speak to us this morning about uh, what it means to hope in God, and um, especially with the aftermath of what has taken place this past Friday in Connecticut, it is all the more a relevant message. It seems that it seems that truth becomes more clear, that our values take on more clarity when when life deals us such a blow as this. And so um, this morning we want to direct our attention to that which is not uncertain, that which is certain, that which is unshakable. And um, so we want to talk about hope in God. Last week we, we ended our sermon, our sermon with a, a time of prayer, and I asked you, the congregation, to think on those things that they find in their lives or in other lives they know that are hopeless situations, and then people could fill their their fingers with various things of people that they were wanting to think of and pray for. We were looking at at uh, the passage in Luke chapter one where the priest Zechariah was in the temple, and it was uh, his turn to to go into the holy place and to offer incense on the golden altar. And in the book of Revelation, we read that, that that incense that rises up in that temple, that it is a symbol of the prayers of God's people rising up to him. And uh, there is nothing that is more uh, reflective of hoping in God than a people who are so certain of his reality that they are prepared to offer up the incense of prayer. And so we ended last week's uh, services with a time of prayer, and, and I want to tell you that I, I heard of some answers to prayer this past week, some of them small and some of them larger, and I must say that I, I found myself praying this past week in all kinds of places. I was praying if, a couple times in Tim Hortons with different people, uh, once in a hospital, once in a nursing home, in my own home with people, in the office, and, and uh, I think the crescendo of prayer is so very much needed. And then Friday occurred, and uh, I seem to have a sense of what God seemed to be preparing us for. Hopelessness can, can lay all around us, and yet our hope is in God. We have the privilege of living in an era of human history that uh, some theologians have described as the already but not yet season of time. Christ has already come, the kingdom is already among us, and yet it's not yet here in fullness. And Christ's coming is something we await for. Christ has come, but he will come. We live in that period of time between the two comings of Jesus Christ. And at Advent, we are especially mindful of this. And so, in this season of time, we see that there are both extremes. There is incredible hopefulness in God and what He has accomplished in sending His Son and what He will accomplish in having done so because of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But there's also incredible hopelessness. There's incredible despair. There's incredible darkness in the midst of all the gleams of light that we see on this earth and in this age. It is very much like one author described uh, being at the beach of an ocean 
uh, beach where where waves are rolling in on the top. The white caps are foaming and, and they're coming in, but we know also that underneath the water is, is in an undertow going back out to sea. And that is what it is like in this age. There are wave after wave of God's blessing and God's love and His mercy. And if you have eyes to see, you can see the love of God all around you in various ways. But we can also feel very much the tug of a deep and despairing undertow that can drag us down and can cause us to despair. And in this age, we will have this. Jesus, in speaking about this age, he said in John 14, in John chapter 16, he said, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, this age, you will have trouble. But take heart, take courage, I have overcome the world. It's very interesting that earlier in that same sermon, John chapter 14, this is the night before Jesus was crucified, he said to his disciples earlier in that same message, do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid, trust in God, trust also in me. So on one hand he's saying, in this world you will have trouble, And on the other hand, he's saying, but don't let your hearts be troubled. How is it possible to live in this world of trouble and yet not not let our hearts be troubled? It is because of hoping in God. It's because of setting our hope deep in God that we do not need to despair. That in the midst of all the troubles that go along around us, we can have our hearts living in peace and in serenity with God. And so, friends, this morning as we talk, I want to remind us of our hope, which is a living hope, the Bible says. It's a blessed hope. It's hoping in that which we cannot see, but we know and we are certain of. It's a certain hope, and the hope is found in Jesus Christ and in all the promises of God that are usward because of faith in Jesus Christ. Paul is speaking to the Uh, to Timothy, and he says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but instead to put their hope in God. You see, we can easily put our hope into things on this earth and then become shattered because everything on this earth is uncertain. We can put our hope in, in these things. We can set our, our hearts on these things. We can look at our values and our values determine the things that we will invest in, where our hearts are, in, are invested, where our money is invested, where our future is invested. And in the process of doing so, we make plans and we, and we, we are on a certain trajectory, a course of action. And then when something doesn't happen because of the uncertainty of this world, it doesn't fulfill itself, then then we can be destroyed by that. Because we have set our hope in this world, whether it is making money or retirement or our health and strength or family and so on. And so Paul says to Timothy, put your hope in God, which is certain. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. Well, we do not have just hope for this life, but we hope in another life after death. 
Job, wonderful book of Job. In chapter 13, verse 15, Job, so confident of his hope in God, could say, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. He says at another place, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on this earth. In Psalm 73, verse 26, the psalmist says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You see, these are people that have had such an experience of hoping in God that not even death could shake them. For we are convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor anything in all of creation can separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so, friends, I want us to put our hope in God, and I want to remind you that today, that's where our hope comes from. In the passage in Luke chapter 1 that we looked at last week, where Zechariah is prophesying after holding his little baby, John the Baptist, who would be the forerunner announcing the coming of the Messiah, the Christ child, he says it is because of the tender mercy of our God. It is because of the rising sun that will come and shine on those living in darkness. Friends, 2,000 years ago, hope came down in Jesus Christ, and he has not left. He has not left. Hope is alive today. We believe in a living hope. Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago. And on that day of death, the enemy, Satan, the devil, he rejoiced. He thought that he had won the final victory that day. But we know, and many testified, that three days later, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And he is alive today. He is at the right hand of the Father. He is interceding for us, yet on earth. He has sent his Holy Spirit the Comforter, who will be with us forever. And He is also the one coming again. That's why in Titus 2.13 it says, We wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. And so, this morning as we conclude and as we think about living in the already but not yet stage of life, when there is so much uncertainty all around us, we remind ourselves today of the truth of God that our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in God. The unshakable faith that we have in Him is because of what He has done for us. Because of the faithfulness of the Son of God, we hope in Him. The world may rock us. Things may fall out from under our feet, even as we've seen this past week. But our faith can remain unshakable. How we bless God. How we bless God for his wonderful love and for the eternal hope that we have through Jesus Christ. As we go out from this place, I want to remind you that every one of us who trust in God, hope in God, and know that our sins are forgiven because of the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, we can go out and we can shed and share this hope with many others. We can go and we can be the ones who pray down 
God's hope into hopeless situations. Even at this time of year when many despair, when many people feel so very abandoned, very isolated and alone, we can be the ones who share the hope of Christ with them. And so as we go out, oh God, would you make us faithful? Heavenly Father, would you make us the people that shine the hope of God in the dark places where you've placed us? Lord, that your hope might shine as bright as ever before, that people might be drawn to the light of Jesus Christ, that in their darkness they might find that you, O God, can meet them. And that, Lord, even now as you comfort the many sorrowing in Connecticut and around the world, O God, make us bearers of the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Lord, we commit to you our lives in a fresh way this morning. Help us to value what you value. And we we commit our lives to you to, to be your ambassadors of hope in this age of hopelessness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.